All right, we're going to be in Jonah, the fourth chapter. We're wrapping up Jonah today. Uh, we're wrapping up Jonah today. Uh, and then we're going to go into Ruth, and Ruth will take us through the end of the year. Um, in Jonah, the fourth chapter, uh, there are several... Let me, let me go back a little bit. We start off in Jonah, where in Jonah chapter 1, um, Jonah is running from God. Okay, Jonah is running from God. Um, in Jonah chapter 2, God pursues Jonah. God pursues Jonah. Uh, like we talked about last week, in Jonah chapter 3, God uses Jonah after pursuing him. He uses Jonah after pursuing him. He uses Jonah to pursue other people. Uh, he uses Jonah to pursue others. And so we talked about that. Um, in Jonah chapter 4, uh, Jonah is back at it again. He is just a, a difficult one. And um, he's being ungrateful, but God continues to cover him. God continues to pursue him. And God continues to love on him despite his behavior, despite his hard-headedness. And so uh, Jonah chapter 4 is a short one, uh, just 11 scriptures. So we're going to read through it real briefly in the ESV. Um, I, I do want you to know as we, as we, end, as we go into 4, at the end of chapter 3, he finally does go to Nineveh. He finally does go to Nineveh. And God uses him to save the Ninevites. God uses him to save them. And despite the fact that God uses him to save him, to save them, uh, Jonah still isn't happy. Uh, and so Jonah 4, chap, uh, chapter 4 of Jonah, uh, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. Uh, they, got, they, they were saved and he's still mad. Uh, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Uh, he hated the, the, the Ninevites that much that he's saying this. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? Uh, is your anger doing you any good? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it, under the shade, till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that he might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceeding glad exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the, east, uh, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. 
And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you do not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle. So we can, we can see by the end of it that God, God cares for the Ninevites. God cares for the Ninevites. And despite the fact that God used, or despite the fact that God used him to save the Ninevites, he's still unhappy. He didn't really want them to come to God. Uh, he's still unhappy. And so there are a couple of things that uh, stand out in this chapter. There are several different angles that you could look at it from. But two things that stand out to me, we're going to try to look at them both. Uh, we may or may not have time for both. Uh, I definitely want to respect your time, and I'm going to respect your time. Uh, the first thing is Jonah's sin. Jonah's sin and how it affects the body of Christ. Uh, the second thing is that Jonah is not grateful uh, in wake of thanksgiving. God, he is days removed from the belly of the fish himself. And despite, the, despite that, despite being days removed from his very own life being saved, he's still not, he's still not grateful and he's still not thankful. Um, so the first thing we want, we're going to look at and we're going to pray before we even get into it. Uh, the first thing we're going to look at, uh, we talked last week about the body of Christ and how within the body of Christ that God uses, he uses us to disperse good within the body of Christ. I gave the illustration that when the, the time I went to the doctor and I was having problems with my leg, that I got a shot in my arm to fix something in my leg. And so that makes sense to us that God would use us to be a blessing to each other. Uh, how that God would do something here and intend it for someone else over there. And so God uses us to disperse good. And so that happens because of that, that connectivity within the body of Christ. And so if you understand that, that the good that God blesses you with isn't just yours. You have to also understand through that same theory that the sin that you deal with isn't just your problem. And that's what we're going to look at today. Uh, Jonah's sin isn't just his problem. Uh, he's holding up other people. So let's pray. Dear God, we thank you. Um, we thank you for all of your many blessings. God, we thank you that you would... Uh, Meet us in this place. Uh, dear God, it's so awkward holding this mic. I ask that you help me with that um, and just help me through this. Uh, thank you for this day. God, we ask that you speak to our hearts. You, our expectation is from you and we look to hear from you. Forgive us of our sins, God. You know what we stand in need of. Uh, we look to you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, last week we talked about uh, the body of Christ and the connection within the body of Christ. 
the connection within the body of Christ being, being so important uh, that our strength is in our connection. Our strength is in our connection. We talked a lot about how the good that God does in your life, he meant for you to disperse. He meant for you to share with others. We said, don't store up. The Bible says uh, in a couple of places, don't store up for yourselves. Don't store up. Don't store up. The things that God does for you, he meant for you to share with others. He meant for you to share with others. Even within our, our, our physical body, we have the blood, the, the blood that runs through all of our body. Okay? The blood circulates through our body, bringing nutrients, taking nutrients from one part of the body and then taking it to another part and then taking it to another part. And so the good that is that one part of the body experiences, all of the body was meant to experience. And so the good in one part of the body was meant to be experienced by the entire body. And so we talked a lot about the good that God is doing in your life. He didn't just mean for you. There's no such thing as, as a blessing just for you. Everything that God did for you, he intended for us all. Everything that God does for you, even your, down to your testimony. We talked about that. Uh, even down to your testimony. The testimony he gave you, he meant for you to share. And he meant for you to share. And so we understand that, uh, that the good that, is, that God does in, in one part that was, is meant for the whole uh, but we want to look at it today, and we didn't get to get to this last week. But the sin that is an issue, and, and I want to look at it from this angle. If it makes sense to you that a shot in my arm was meant to help my leg, you have to understand also from the avenue and from the perspective of sin that poison injected into my into my arm is not just the, my arm's problem poison injected into my arm can stop my heart and so i say that to say that the sin that you're dealing with the poison that is sin it is not just your issue it is not just your issue it's my problem too if 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 Poison goes into my arm. My leg can't just say, oh, well, that's, that, that looks like a personal problem. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all our problem now. Martin Luther King said this because Martin Luther King went all over the world, not just fighting injustice and racism in the United States, but he did it all over the, the world. And so it made sense why he would do it in the United States because he lived in the United States. But when asked why he went to India and, all, and to South Africa and all these different countries fighting injustice, he said that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. He realized that he was part of a body and that the leg can't just say to the arm that that poison that's running through you isn't really my problem. And so in regards to sin, see, we like to personalize sin. 
If I, if I told you in regards to the body and we talked about helping each other and, and, and allowing what you have to be dispersed, uh, that's, that's an easy thing to grasp. And for a lot of us, that's an easy thing to do. I know most of you, and we're a very generous group of people, a very generous group of people. And so to share resources and money and time isn't really a problem. It's an easy concept to grasp. That what God gave to me, in essence, he gave to all of us. But you have to also know that the sin that is your problem isn't just your problem. It's, it's funny to me and amazing to me that we will share resources but personalize sin. Your sin isn't just your problem. Your sin isn't just your problem. It's, 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 it's amazing that we would accept help. There, there is, I, I would hope not, there is no one, uh, I believe, no one here, including myself, that if my light bill was about to, if, if my lights were about to go out and someone had money to help me and I was in a bind or a pinch and I needed it, I, I believe from the, from the front to the back that there is no one here who would say, oh, I'm just going to let my lights go out. I would hope not. I would hope that even in a pinch or a bind, you would accept that help and just be thankful for it. Every one of us has been there at some time or another, just needed help from your brother or your sister. Every one of us has been there where you've needed something from someone else. And so if we, if, if we understand that and we don't mind getting help in that way, why do we personalize the worst problem we all have? Sin. Why do you make your sin your issue? Why don't you share it with others? Why don't you let others help you? Poison in my arm is not just my arm's problem. It's all our problem. And a lust issue over here is a problem for all of us. Adultery over here is, is, is all our problem. It's a problem for all of us. And so when we, it's, it's, we need not personalize it. We need not personalize it. There's a sin affects more than just you. Jonah is dealing with sin. And, and as we look at him being in the, the belly of the fish and his disobedience to God, we look at him being disobedient. We see him running from God as he does in chapter 2. We see him running from God and his disobedience why is that not just his problem? Because as God pointed out in chapter 4, there were over 120,000 people that needed to hear the word of the Lord. And that word is on hold because of the disobedience of one person. That word is on hold because of the disobedience of one person. And so your sin isn't just your problem. And so, I need you to overcome your mess. I need you to overcome your sin, with God's help, that is. I need you to overcome it. Romans 9 said that uh, 
We'll look at it from this angle. We'll look at it from this angle. Um, Jesus said, if the blind lead the blind, they both shall fall in the ditch. And so he said, if the blind leads the blind, they both shall fall in the ditch. And so what must we do then? He said, you have to get the beam out of your own eye. You have to get that thing out of your own eye so that you can help, uh, help your brother get what's in his eye out of his eye. And so this is the motto of ministry, that I have to take care of myself. I have to take care of my own stuff so that I can then help my brother take care of what's going on with him. I have to deal with my sin so that I can help my brother deal with his. Jesus said, if the blind lead the blind, they both shall fall in the ditch. And so I have to deal with my sin so that I can then, not just so that I can be free and that I can throw a party. I have to deal with my sin so that I can help my brother deal with his. Romans 8 says, all of creation groans and awaits the manifestation of the sons of God. In other words, that creation is groaning. Creation is in pain. Creation is going through, waiting for you to get your act together. We talked the other Sunday about those one or two sins. How many of you remember that? The one or two sins. Nobody remembers that. (laughs) We talked about the one or two sins. I must be a really good preacher. Uh, We talked the other day about the one or two sins that we all have one or two things. We all have one or two struggles. We all have one or two things that is trying to dominate you. Everyone is not tempted by every sin. There is none of us that is tempted by everything. None of us is tempted by everything. And so, but we all have one or two things that are, that are specific to you. One or two things, and the devil knows what they are. Raise your hand if you know what your one or two things are. Your one or two things are. Good. Good. The devil knows what they are. It's, it's good that you know. The devil knows what they are. And so those one or two things. Now, uh, one or two things that are trying to dominate you. The Bible says when Adam, uh, he creates Adam... The first thing he does was he tells Adam, I've given you dominion. In other words, I want you to rule over the earth and everything that's in it. And so Adam knows from the beginning, he is to rule, not be ruled over. And so God did not mean for sin to rule over you. And so if you have something right now, and and, and I've been there, I've been ruled over by sin. I've talked about it many times and I'll continue to talk about it because we need to. Those things, we all have something that is trying to rule over you. And I I believe all of you are quiet because everybody knows what that thing is that is trying to get the best of them. That thing may, uh, depending on who you are, it, it almost may have kept you from coming to church today. That one or two things that are trying to eat your lunch. And that's why it's no need that we come up here and, and, and try to act cute like everything's going right and everything's and, and, and that everything's good when you have those one or two sins that are trying to have your number. If it doesn't already. 
That's why we don't have time. We don't have time for games. We don't have time to be conflicting and fighting with each other. We don't, we, we don't have time to, you don't have time to hate your neighbor and, 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 and all this stuff and all this black and white stuff that's got our country so divided. Our strength is in our, our connection. From Genesis to Revelation, you'll never see a demon fighting another demon. You'll never see it. The Bible says that when Jesus once he went to cast out a demon and in trying to uh, in trying to discredit him, they said, oh, he cast out. He cast out because he cast out the demons out of this guy. And they said, oh, he cast out demons by the power of Beelzebub. They said, oh, he, he cast it out by the by the power of Beelzebub. And so Jesus said, wait a minute. You're saying that I cast out Satan by the power of Satan? He said, no, 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 no. Satan has a kingdom. And as Jesus said this, Satan has a kingdom and his kingdom is not divided. He said, that's, that's impossible. Because to do that, Satan would, have to, Satan would have to be against himself. And he, and he said, no, no, no. Satan has a kingdom and his kingdom is not divided. From Genesis to Revelation, you'll never see a witch arguing with a witch. From Genesis to Revelation, you'll never see a demon fighting with a demon. You don't see that. Satan has a kingdom and his kingdom is not divided. It is only when you look at God's people that you see Lutherans fighting against Methodists. When you see Baptists fighting against non-denomination, it's only when you look at God's people. When you see black refuse to go to church with white. It is only when you look at God's people that you see this division. And that is the number one way that Satan comes against us is to divide us. He, he likes that when he sees you, you. You voted for Trump and you won't talk to this person over here who voted for Hillary. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He wants you to divide. He doesn't even care why you divide. If, if, if all the people who like blue don't talk to the people who like green, he doesn't care. He doesn't care as long as you divide, as long as you get on separate pages, as long as you can't stand each other and and that you would hate somebody and dislike somebody that you don't even know. He wants to divide us. That is the number one way he comes against us is by dividing us. The Bible says that he is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I was watching, and and the Bible also lets us know that we are sheep. We are sheep, and he is our our shepherd. And so I was watching National Geographic the other day, and uh, as far as lions go, you need to know lions don't hunt alone. They hunt in packs. I was watching the thing, and so there was this group of of, of female lions, uh, and so they, they were hunting. And so one of them... I think it was called a runner. I may not have it correct, but but this, but I know what they did. The one lion, I, I think it was called a runner. His job was to run at the middle. I think it was a pack of zebras. There are several animals that find their strength in numbers. Um, 
And, and we being sheep are the same way. And so this is applicable. And so the first lion, his job, he doesn't scratch anybody. He doesn't, he doesn't bite anybody. His job is to run at, at the dead center of the group. That's his job. That's all he does. He goes out first. His job, his only job, he doesn't scratch anybody. He doesn't bite anybody. All he does is run at the dead center of the group. In hoping that when he does that, that one or two or three of those will, will just, in the chaos, will just run off from the group. And then there are the second group of lions. There are a couple of them. They don't run at the center of the group. They just sit back and wait. And they watch for the one or two who run off from the group. And then they go at that one. And you need to know, and and that's why we have to fight this. Because in the midst of chaos in our own lives, don't run. Don't run. Stick with the group. The first thing we want to do when things aren't going right, the first impulse, why is that? Oh, I'm just not going to come to church. That's our very first impulse. Whether you love the Lord or not, you're going through something, oh, I can't go to church today. You can go to the job. You can go to the grocery store. You can go everywhere else. You don't say, oh, oh, I'm having trouble in my life. I'm not going to go to the grocery store. You don't say that. You don't say, oh, you know. Why is your first impulse to, why is your first impulse to disconnect from the group? The devil is a lie. That, That is not by happenstance. He wants you and he is waiting for you to run off from the group. And so in the midst of chaos, in the midst of trouble, no matter what it is that you're dealing with, when trouble comes your way, stay with the group. Our strength is in our connection and our relativity to each other. I need you. I need you. We need each other. I can't take on my sin by myself. The devil's trying to get me to run off from the group. I can't take it on by myself. We need each other. There's somebody right now experiencing something going on. And and, and the first thing that you want to do is isolate yourself. And I want you to know this. You don't have to stop coming to church to run off from the group. Okay? Okay? You can go to church every Sunday and run off from the group. Stop isolating yourselves. Stop dealing with the problem, the sin that you're dealing with, whatever it is. Stop trying to deal with it by yourself. Those one or two things that you're dealing with that we talked about earlier, somebody else needs to know besides you what your one or two things are. You need somebody to check on you. We need each other. That's why I wear those shirts. I wear them out. Somebody asked me the other day, do you have any shirts that don't have Radius Family on them? I said, no. No, I don't. I do. But I I want to drive home a point with you all that we need each other. And when the devil is running at me and wanting me to run off in the midst of the chaos, I need you to be shoulder to shoulder with me. I need you to have my back. I I need you to pray for me. You need somebody to ask you, hey, man, how you doing? I I just want you to know I was praying for you this week. I don't even know what was going on with you. I I just felt the urge to pray for you, and I prayed for you. You need somebody to ask you, man, man, how, 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 
how did it go with your temper this week? Did you fly off the handle this week or did you keep your composure? You need somebody to ask you those questions. When I was dealing with pornography, there was a long time where I tried to deal with it by myself. And then finally, I did not get over it until I let someone else know what I was dealing with. And every time this guy would see me, he would say, did you, did you give in or did you stay strong? And he, he held me accountable. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, even as we fight this good fight of faith, in Ephesians 6, it says, and I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head, it talks about putting on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. It talks about the, sh- uh, the shield of faith. Uh, the sword of the spear, which is the word of God. It says, let our loins be girt about with truth. But in all of that, there is nothing for our back. Don't you know that in all of that, Ephesians 6 does not, does not mention anything for our back. Why? Because we are supposed to have each other's back. I can't fight this by myself. I can't take care of my front and then get my back too. I just can't do it. And if the devil's coming at me from this way, I need someone who loves me to have my back. And so if we're doing this right, you should have someone else's back, but then someone else should have yours. (laughs) Whose back do you have? Whose back do you have? And this whole group of people, whose back do you have? But then who has yours? That's why we go to small groups. That's why we come early and sat there 30 minutes before a service and, and just talk and, and connect with each other. We need each other. Coming for this uh, hour or whatever, that, whatever the length of the service is not enough. We need to connect with each other. That's why we push small groups so hard. You need to connect with each other. There is no part of the body Hear this, and we talked a lot about the body of Christ. There is no part of my body where if I disconnect it from the rest, will not die soon. There is no part of my body, whether you're talking about my fingers, if I, if I were to cut it off and amputate it from the rest of me, no matter what it is, my fingers, my toes, my arm, whatever it is, cut off my ear, whatever it is, it will die not connected to the rest of me. And I don't care who you are, no matter what your gift is, you're a part of the body of Christ, you will die not connected to the rest of us. We need each other. We need each other. There there is there is no worse feeling than dealing with the devil all by yourself. You've been fighting and fighting and fighting and and, and still uh, can't hardly make headway because you weren't meant to defeat him alone. What can a sheep do against a lion? You will be devoured. You will be devoured. And I got ate up trying to deal with the devil by myself. By that, and, and the crazy thing about that, by that point, I had known God for many years. By the time I tried to put a gun to my head, I had known God for a long time. And the crazy thing was, even crazier than that, I was in ministry. By that point, I had accepted the call to preach, and I was doing so, but I wouldn't let anybody have my back. I guess just out of pride or whatever, or or just being ashamed. I didn't want to tell anybody what I was dealing with. 
I didn't. I, didn't, I had. I, I have two brothers and a sister, mom and a dad who loved me, and I wouldn't let any, any of them in on it. Didn't let them know what I was dealing with. Tried to face the devil by myself. And I, and I know for a fact there are those of you in this room, you're doing the same thing right now. And the devil's eating your lunch. And you're thinking, what am I doing wrong? I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm coming to church every Sunday. He is whooping my butt week to week. It's because you don't, it's not because you don't have God, but God's not enough. But we need each other too. God gave us, thank you, Jesus. God gave us himself. We need God. Yes, we do. First and foremost, but he gave us each other too. The Bible says that when God created Adam, he created Adam, took a step back and looked at him and said, it is not good that he be alone. And it is not good. I don't care who you are. It is not good that you be alone. It is not good that you fight your sin by yourself. Fight the adversity in your life by yourself. It's not good. And so we like to use that scripture as a, uh, as a segue for dating. So that God, oh God saw that he was alone and he gave him a woman. Yes, he did. But that was just, God did more than that. He gave him, he gave him Cain and Abel. He didn't just give him Eve. He gave him family. God said it's not good that he be alone. And then he gives him family. He gives him family. Because he was no good by himself. And I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've known the Lord. How much scripture you know. You can have your Bible memorized from the front to the back. You are no good by yourself. We are worthless alone. That's why the Bible says that pride is one of the sins that God hates the most. I need you. So there's no need in me sitting up here acting, walking around like, oh, I got it by myself. No, I don't. I don't got it by myself. I'm getting my butt whooped on a regular basis by myself. I need you to have my back. We need each other. And he said, it's not good that, it's not good that he be alone. God, God looked at Adam and he had, and it's not that there was something wrong with Adam, but he was by himself. They said he's not good that he be alone, and then he gives them family. And that is why we wear those T-shirts. That is why we talk about family all the time, because God gave us each other. You have a bunch of people in this room who, who care about you and care about what you're going with, going through. Use them. Use them. You don't have to tell everybody what your one or two things are, but tell one or two people. Just tell one or two people. And, and, and the thing about it is we all have one or two things, so there's no way that we can look down on somebody else's one or two. If mine is drinking and yours is a temper, I can't say, well, oh, well I'm, you know, now my, now my temper is bad, but your drinking is just ridiculous. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do that. We all have from the front to the back. We all have them. So we help each other. That's how, we, that's how this works. And God made us to need each other. Let somebody in. Let somebody hold you accountable. No worse feeling than living through life and you don't have anybody to hold you accountable. I would even say if you're married, still find someone else to hold you accountable. If you're a man, find another man. You're a woman, please find another woman. I would even say a spouse is not enough. 
Tess, me, Tess and I are very close. We have a great relationship. But she still has, she still has other women who help her, that she holds them accountable and they hold her accountable, and vice versa. And I have the same thing. I have men in this room, and I can run off names, who, who check on me, and I check in on them all the time. From Chuck and James, Rodney, all these, all these guys. I, I, I could, I'm almost every guy in the room. I know has my back. I can't name, I mean, honest, to be honest with you, I can't name a guy in this room who I don't believe has my back. And that's the beauty of it. That puts me in a strong place. That puts me in a position to succeed for God and succeed with God. You are only as good as your company. You are only as good as your company. I don't care. I don't care who you are, black, white, how long you known the Lord. I was a preacher and still tried to put a gun to my head. You are, you are only as good as who you let in. You are only as good as who you let have your back. Please, ma'am, please, sir, don't make the mistake I did years ago. Let somebody have your back. Let somebody know what you're going through. You should not be the only one who knows about the trouble that you have. I can't say that enough. I know I'm being repetitive because that, that issue is close to my heart. And I made that mistake. I've been there and I've done that. And, and no matter how, I, in the crazy, by that point, I had read my Bible, I, I, I want to say two times over. I had read my Bible twice all the way through. Very familiar with the scriptures. Didn't matter. I had no one to have my back. No one that I allowed to have my back. We used to, and I'm going to end with this, we grew up, uh, we grew up in an atmosphere, even in, in church. We, they used to sing a song in the old uh, traditional Baptist church I, I grew up in. We used to say, I got Jesus and that's enough. They used to sing the song, I got, I got Jesus and that's enough. The devil is a lie. You need more than Jesus. He created us to need him. Don't get it twisted. He created us to need him, but he created us to need each other. If you're alone, you're sitting there fending for yourself. God is looking at you like he looked at Adam and said, it's not good that he be alone. It's not good that John be alone. It's not good that Steve be alone. It's not good that Kathy be alone. It's not good that Mary be alone. God is looking at you if you're fending for yourself and he's saying that's not good. That's not good. That's not good. They're the only one that knows about their trouble. That's not good. They're dealing with pornography and nobody else knows about it. That's not good. Nobody knows that they're struggling with their temper from week to week. That's not good. And if you are fending for yourself, please, please find someone else. Me or, or the tons of good people in this room, men and women, find somebody else and say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this thing. Pray for me. Please pray for me. And when you see me, ask me how I'm doing. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for all of your many blessings. Thank you for this uh, time with your people. God, I, I thank you for my family here. I, I love them so much. God, I, I thank you that they have my back. And I, I, I try my best to have theirs. Uh, God, help us to lean on each other. We are powerless against the enemy alone. God, help us to realize that. 
Help us to realize that. God, thank you not only for giving us you, but thank you for giving us each other. It's in Jesus' name.